The Los Angeles Kings picked up two big points against the Seattle Kraken. We're taking them on again, and we're going to talk about our youngest babies on today's episode of Locked On Los Angeles Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are, of course, listening to Locked on Los Angeles Kings, the podcast about your favorite hockey team and mine, the Los Angeles Kings, and also sometimes the Ontario Reign. My name is Sarah Avampato, host of this show, and I'm excited to tell you that today's show is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. So you're listening to the Daily Talk Show podcast, whatever thing, all about the Kings, uh, and thank you for making today's show your first listen of the day or your first listen of this moment in time when you opened your podcast app and said, I want to hear a podcast about the Kings. Uh, we're here to do that. I am joined, as is our Monday tradition, uh, by Jay Foster from Locked On Blue Jackets slash talking about the rain slash, you know, many places talking about hockey. Uh, and it is the Mini Kings Monday segment. And we actually are going to spend some time today talking about one of our favorite Mini Kings, uh, Jordan Spence, who turned in a pretty good performance against the Seattle Kraken where he lodged his first career NHL goal. Uh, and I figured that like, I think we both figured when kind of sitting down and talking about this show, that we'd probably just spend most of the time having feelings about Jordan Spence. And so I think that we can open with that. Like, let's just, let's just share our feelings. I mean, I think that's what he deserves, frankly. Um, you know, we, we spent a bunch of time talking about how good he was on the rain and then he got called up and we both got super excited and now he's out here scoring goals like a real adult and you know our our horrible terrible subpar children are I think firmly above par this season I think is fair to say it, it's it's very exciting um he is one of the collection of young defensemen uh they're all wearing their uh as they put it on the broadcast their training camp numbers essentially Sean Dersey Jordan Spence, Jacob Moverari all have numbers in the 50s, which is, you know, not normal for hockey players. Although I feel like that's a whole subject of another podcast of like, why do people get so wound up about what number someone picks? But regardless, um, he, he is our perfect young son and finally has cashed in with his first goal. Uh, everyone was super excited. He looked super excited. Uh, he's been putting in some pretty big minutes uh, for the Kings in these games, played just over 18 minutes. Uh, in this one. Uh, and I just, I'm just so proud of him because this is someone who has really taken advantage of the moment, uh, who is, you know, no one expected him to be in the NHL this season, except for maybe like, oh, I got a couple of games at the end of the year, or someone was hurt for a weekend or whatever. Um, and he is making the most of this chance that he has. And I think is going to make things kind of complicated for the Kings who, now have this good young defenseman who is way ahead of schedule. Yeah, for sure. Was he sent down uh, last week in the paper moves, or is he here for the duration? I don't know. He, he was, yeah, they, they paper moved him to Ontario, so he can go back to the rain um, if when needed. Uh, it, who, who knows? I mean, with this timetable of when anyone is going to be healthy again, like 
he could he could be here for a while given that no one seems to know i think they said like matt roy's close to returning bjornfoot's back mikey anderson's out for a while everyone's being super cagey about drew dowdy which is never good so he he could be here but yeah they can they could send him back to the rain he can play on the playoffs um which i think you know if and when he ends up back on the rain like this is going to be a great experience for him if he goes back to the rain for their playoff push to come back with this like newfound confidence nhl experience whatever oh for sure but i mean like even looking at like the king's de- defensive lineup right now obviously all of the big names are broken um mm-hmm. mikey anderson's done for the season i'm pretty sure or near he's- enough he's on long-term ir yeah um, I- yeah, so he'll come back, like... Yeah, but, like, I would play Jordan Spence over Olimata. Mm-hmm. I would play him over Jacob Moverari. No disrespect to mm-hmm. Jacob Moverari, but I think he's not quite NHL-ready yet, although, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have any specific problems with him. I just think I would play Jordan Spence over him. Honestly, I might play Jordan Spence over Troy Stetcher as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, to me, yeah, it, yeah. right now, he is, I would argue third or fourth on the defensive depth chart for for the Kings right now, which is worrying, question mark. <laughs> but also, I think, speaks to just how well he's, like, how much he's taken advantage of the situation and really, like, well, this this if this is his chance to show the Kings what he's got for the rest of the season, like, I think he's done a fantastic job. Yeah, and I think that it it's yeah, it speaks well of him. And I think, you know, like Movari, like you said, like he's 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 a guy. Um, I, I don't think he's ever gonna be, you know, an offensively, you know, that, that's not his thing. He Movari is the kind of guy where it's like if you don't notice him playing, that's good because that's the kind of defenseman that he is. But yeah, I think it bodes really well for the Kings and their future. Um and, and yeah, I feel like I would prioritize a guy like Spence in these coming games and in the playoffs and everything over some of these other players who aren't going to be part of the Kings future because you're like, oh, this guy, like this guy is someone who can be on this team for a long time. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, of the of the defensemen that are dead right now, obviously they're trying to manage Alex Edler's minutes. Matt Roy is the only other guy that's really kind of close to being back, right? Like, people are being like, oh, Drew Doughty may or may not be back soon. Right. Anderson's yeah. done for the season. So, like, honestly, I don't see a problem with them keeping Spence yeah. for the rest of the season, yeah. frankly. I think the the rain are probably going to be in the playoffs longer than the Kings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when the Kings are eliminated, you know, knock on wood, they can, they can send him down then. But I genuinely yeah. don't see a problem right now with them keeping Jordan Spence on the roster for the duration. Yeah, and I think that it, every, ga- every game, I mean, much like in the AHL, if you watched him at the beginning of the season, you were like, oh, this kid has promise, but like, it's going to be a while, right? And then his development just like, just, you know, exponentially, like he just got so good so quick at that AHL level. And usually it takes a guy's like longer to figure out that transition from junior hockey to professional. Um, but he, and I think you saw the same thing in his development in juniors too, of like kind of quiet for the beginning of the career and then everything just clicks for him. And then suddenly he's, you know, winning awards and one of the best defensemen in the league or whatever. 
Um, and I feel like we're seeing the same thing from him here of, okay, takes a couple games to kind of get into it, like nothing special. And then you're like, oh, this kid's pretty good. Yeah. And I think it's even more impressive that he's a defenseman as well. I always feel like it takes defensemen an extra, you know, year or so to really figure out, okay, this is how I can be effective in, in the AHL or the NHL or whatever. You know, there's a reason that defensemen so rarely win Calder trophies mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, are, are really kind of recognized in the first couple of years of their career, unless they are like out of this world phenomenal. But right. yeah, like you say, he seems to have, I don't know whether that's a systems thing with the rain. I don't know whether it's a, just like a work ethic thing from Spence, but yeah, like you said, he was like, I watched him at the start of the season and I was like, Oh, okay. He's, he's a baby, you know, we'll give him some time. Right. And then it took him maybe a month or so. And then I realized that I was mm-hmm. seeing his name more and more. I was noticing him on the ice more and more. Mm-hmm. And his ice time has been, you know, blowing up on the, on the range yeah. specifically. I mean, he played, and even on the, the Kings as well, like I've just checked the ice time. Mm-hmm. He played 18 and a half minutes against Seattle, which I believe yeah. is uh, second on the, his, he was third on the Kings in defense. Yeah, time. not too shabby. Yeah. Not too shabby for like, what, he's 19, 20? Yeah, I, yeah, 20, I, I think. think. Yeah. Literally just turned 20. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm delighted. I'm so glad he got his first goal. And, you know, hopefully it is one of many more to come. And I, you know, I love the fact that this is now going to create a lot of questions for the Kings and Rob Blake over what are they going to do now that they have all of these young guys um, performing at a, pretty good level so um that's exciting we're going to talk a little bit more about seattle kings play them again uh tonight we'll talk about them coming up next uh and 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 some other stuff uh, on today's show but before we get to that uh let's talk about snacks because as we're recording right now i am currently throwing pieces of dog treats at my foster dog to keep her from you know getting hangry um and if she had hands I would think that she could throw at me maybe some pieces of built bars to keep me from getting too hangry or, you know, distracting her while she's trying to do important dog things or something. If you don't know what built bars are, they are delicious protein bars that taste like candy bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate. Uh, there are tons of great flavors for you to choose from, uh, including things like coconut brownie chunk. There's some cookies and cream. There's orange. There's banana things. If you're into banana things, there's the built puffs, which are big puffy marshmallow type things that are also full of protein. Uh, So basically any type of flavor profile, let's say you can think of, uh, you can find at built.com. So you should go and check it out. Uh, They're healthy for you. They're low in calories, high in protein, low in carbs, and really just all around delicious. So go to built.com, check it out. And uh, when you're there, you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So the Seattle Kraken are bad. That sure is a thing that happened this year. I feel like, I feel like hockey people have kind of been divided into over the Seattle Kraken. And it's People being like, wow, we had no idea they were going to be this bad. And then it's a group of people who are like, well, we told you so. What did you expect from a team put together by Ron Francis? You know, like, 
and I, I have to admit, I am in the smug second half of this team. Like, oh, yes. Just before the expansion draft, I was like, man, Seattle's going to Vegas it up. Like, the Pacific Division <laughs> is an on-fire garbage can. Seattle could make the playoffs. And, like, I don't think it's helped that Philip Grubauer has kind of fallen off a cliff. Um, yeah. But they just, I don't know, the team they put together is bad. And... I don't think it's particularly well coached. And mm-hmm. I think Colorado was masking a lot of the weaknesses yeah. in Philip Grubauer's game. And obviously you have to remember before that, he played behind a very good Washington team as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. playing behind a, a team like Seattle, which is uh, not full of superstars, which is probably the <laughs> kindest... Yeah, like their best player. Like I haven't looked at the the Seattle, the Seattle Kraken's point scoring, but I feel like their best player is like Jordan Eberle. Yeah, like, I love Jordan Eberle, but I don't necessarily right. know that he's a guy that I would build a team around if you had right. potential to take like Vladimir Tarasenko. Yes, that's what I was just gonna say. Remember how like, <laughs> like how Seattle could have actually taken Vladimir Tarasenko in the expansion draft and they didn't I mean like Vince Dunn is a perfectly like decent player but you could have had Vladimir Tarasenko um who has has shown with the Blues this year that he has not really lost a step and he is still very good um and to think you could have had that on your team uh and you chose not to I feel like being like plugged into the Carolina hurricanes fan world because of covering their ahl team um basically all the hurricanes people i knew whenever they announced like ron francis they were like well this is gonna be we can tell you how this is gonna go right you're gonna and you're the, gonna the draft really well as yeah. well yes Obviously because dave haxtell yes. is is the coach mm-hmm. and they could have had literally anyone truly anyone like but dave haxtell yeah yeah and yeah, I feel like all the Flyers fans I knew were like, oh, oh no, guys. <laughs> well, yeah. And of course, since they're bad this year, um, they traded away all of their like useful players at the trade deadline, which is like the right move because mm-hmm. you don't need them because you're not playing past the end of April. Um, I, I did this exercise on um, Locked on NHL with Jess whenever we were kind of doing our trade deadline wrap up. But so the trade deadline was March 21st. Uh, The flames made their first trade March 16th. So like they got out a little bit ahead of time in. So basically Seattle sent out one, two, three, four, five, six. They sent out six players from their roster and acquired six, seven, eight, nine, ten draft picks and a Daniel Sprong. <laughs> Don't they have more like, draft picks than they have players under contract right now? I think over the over the next so. like two yes. or three drafts, I want to say that they have sounds, almost 39 draft picks. And that sounds legitimate. <laughs> 35 players under contract or something crazy like that. Um also yeah because of the whole shipping out of all of their useful players, obviously Mark Giordano went um, there. Would you like to guess who their top three ice time guys are? Um, I'm going to go with Jordan Everly because like we said, he's like 
one of the only guys who does anything. Um, well, we're looking at their defense. I'd assume yeah. that it's like, I mean, I Jamie Alexiak is like Jamie Alexiak is number three on the list of players with most most ice time. Are they like running poor Adam Larson into the ground? They sure are. Adam Larson oh, had no. twenty one minutes and thirty eight seconds of ice time. Uh, and no, then Vince Dunn led the team at ice time, which I'm mostly okay with. Yeah, yeah, um, that's okay. But yeah, I was just looking and I was like, oh god, they play Jebby Alexiak for over twenty minutes. I mean, this team, he is, he is large. That I mean, he's large and he's very handsome, but I don't know if either right. of those things help him be good at defense. No, I mean, unless he like distracts someone with. The handsomeness, I guess, but then they but have Alec Wenberg on the team as well, and I feel like oh, losing that, comp- right. that competition every time. Oh yeah, but I mean, this this should actually be their strategy. Like they've got Alex Wenberg and Jamie Alexiak, and like I don't even know what the most rescue these guys look like, but it's irrelevant because, like, oh, they have Hayden Flurry, who's also like a good face. Yes, like there's they they have options here. And they're just they're just trying to play hockey instead. And yeah, that's I feel like not yes, this is why they've gone. They need to like blue steel it up, I think. And <laughs> you know, which like might not work when you're playing the Kings because we're just gonna send out Adrian Kempe. Mm-hmm. And true, I did not like, consider that. Yeah, but I mean, th- th- this is a better option for Seattle maybe than playing hockey because they're they're not. I I am not expecting this game to go any differently um, than the weekend's game did um, with the four to two Kings win. And one of those goals was in like total garbage time, like the last, literally the last four seconds of the game. Um, so I, I'm not expecting this game to go any differently. So that's- No, I'm not expecting, <laughs> well, anything from Seattle. Yeah. But- I'm not expecting anything like impressive, really. Right. Um, no. They're just, yeah. I mean, so the, the the Blue Jackets played them like that was their second game of the season or something. Was, mm-hmm. was the Seattle came to town? So that was before I really knew how bad this team was. <laughs> and then I just watched them play, and I was like, man, what? And the, the annoying thing is as well, like they, they did all of the right things in terms of an, an, an analytics department that's like super mm-hmm. competent and, you know, they made all of the right choices right up until the head coach and the GM, which right. arguably are some of the most important people that you yeah. should be hiring. And it just, right, because Ron Francis is going to do what Ron Francis wants. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I don't, I just... Scouting department and an analytics department of hundreds of people could be saying, hey, draft this one guy. And he will be like, I'm going to draft this other guy, you know? And I don't right. know if this is my line of thinking because I still have residual, like, Doug McClain trauma from the early 2000s <laughs> of the Blue Jackets. But, like, just, man. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you could have given Dean Lombardi any sort of analytical genius person in the world and Dean Lombardi still would have been like, but look at this boy. He's six, <laughs> But look six. at Keith Yandel. 
<laughs> oh gosh yeah exactly exactly like here's my binder on Keith Yandel and like I feel like it's the same the same vibe of like well thank you for the information but this boy is large done yeah it's just it's such a frustrating thing because I I know everyone hates Vegas because they got too good too fast and people resent it and then obviously the the social media presence doesn't help and there's been a bunch of other things and obviously now they're kind of getting screwed over by the cap which I don't think I've had a chance to mention on this show yet is hilarious but um (laughs) like I was fully willing for for Seattle to be Vegas 2.0 I was on board with their logo their jersey their Mm -hmm. analytics and then the expansion draft rolls around and I was like well poop just baffling baffling choices um that being said if seattle was good this season i would have also been mad about it because again residual oh, yes. yeah it's trauma yeah, there's from... no there's no easy <laughs> like yeah i mean also the fact that like half of the people seattle traded like well i, I like the joke on twitter that was like they know there's not a second expansion draft right um and then they also <laughs> kept like they kept like trading players back to like Mason Appleton came from Winnipeg in the expansion draft and they traded him back to Winnipeg. God, I like, forgot about that. I think he's, he's the fourth or fifth player that they gave back to the original team. Yeah. Because yeah. they gave, well, they didn't even give Gavin Bayreuther back to the Blue Jackets. He just, he was a UFA. So he just right. signed with the Blue Jackets again. Yeah. Obviously they gave, um, if you take Vanacek back mm-hmm. after picking him up for nothing. And then, right, which in uh, hindsight, yeah, maybe <laughs> they should have kept Vanacek instead of paying a million bajillion dollars for Philip Grubauer. Uh, Nathan Bastian went back That's to his right. original team as well. They put him on waivers. I feel like there's one other guy that I'm forgetting, but yeah, yeah, like they just they keep giving guys back, and it's extremely like if you don't want him, why did you pick him in the first place? Right. I mean. I'm glad they like instead of giving Curtis McDermott back, they gave him to Colorado, <laughs> which is still funny. Did you see like, he got a goal the other night, by the way? Yes. I mean, listen, if Colorado wins the Stanley Cup, which I have been predicting for like four years now and they've failed me every year, but like if they, if we have Stanley Cup champion Curtis McDermott, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. It's going to be really funny. Yes. Like, I hope he wins the Con Smythe or whatever. Like, God, can you imagine? <laughs> game seven just like punches like Nikita Kucherov in the face or something. Like, I don't know. Or like Tony D'Angelo or something. Like, that would actually be really funny. I have no particular feelings about Nikita Kucherov one way or the other, but Curtis McDermott punching Tony D'Angelo in the face. I feel would like be the hockey really world good. deserves this. Just like yes. at large. I, yes. I'd like to manifest this. Yes. You know, if, yes. if I can't manifest the Kings somehow, like getting out of the first round, like this is what I want to see happen. Yeah, we deserve this. Like Locked on Kings listeners, you heard it here first. We deserve it. I love it. Well, we're going to wrap up this show today with uh, some other things that maybe we deserve. It's a fun question that I saw floating around on Twitter that I think that we uh, should spend some time with. So we're going to finish the show with that so there was a question on the horrible bird app that someone put out in the midst of all of the vegas uh this is actually the the, the point in time where we can make fun of vegas for their their evgeny dadanov nonsense because the whole thing came out where they tried to trade him to the ducks and then it turned out his no club his no trade thing said no please don't send me to the ducks and all of that drama 
um, and very funny. And of course, Spite wins all though, because now he is still on Vegas and now he is like winning. He's scored like four goals in four games or something. Like he's like really I mean, turned it on. He so must be really a bigger funny. person than I am because if I was him, I would be oh, scoring yeah. own goals. Yes. Like yes. <laughs> Vegas tried to get rid of me and then it was turned out it was like, oh, actually, I guess we have to take you back now. I would just, mm-hmm. I would shoot every single puck. At, right. You're like, oh, at the oops, goal. Like, look at that I, deflection. Own goals. I would, I would my bad. crush my own players, like, because <laughs> I am powered entirely by spite, pettiness, and right. guilt bars. Right, like, what's that? Oops, just high-sticked you, Jonathan Marshall. So sorry, my bad. Didn't see you there. Oops. Yeah, sorry about it. But so the question came out on Twitter, which I found really funny. And in, 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 in full disclosure, I have not actually thought further about this question than when I first saw it. But I, I think it's a good discussion topic to wrap up today's show, which is if you had to put together your own no trade clause, where would you refuse to go to? How many teams am I allowed? I mean, as many as you like. I feel like some guys have like, you can only send me to these three teams. I feel like 10 was like the general, I think that was like Dadanov's list was 10. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like 10 like is fair. standard. That's like the standard. normal. Yeah. I don't know if I have 10 teams that I feel that strongly about. Uh, Chicago is at the top of my list. Yeah. Pittsburgh is also at the top of my list. (laughs) Um, The Dallas Stars, for reasons of irrational (laughs) hatred. Um, I feel like like listeners maybe don't know this. Like, I don't know why I hate the Dallas Stars. I just do. You just do. I just do. They're, they're bad. I don't yeah. like them. I don't like anyone on their team. Uh, <laughs> don't send me there. Um, yeah. I feel like mo- I feel like all of the Canadian teams are out, either because <laughs> the media is the worst, Toronto, yeah. or yeah. the weather is almost as bad as the media. I would Vancouver would be nice. Yeah. I don't think I would hate Vancouver, but the other six teams are either terrible weather. I don't speak or just terrible, yeah. <laughs> horrible media or the senators. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that that's pretty fair. I feel like the one that like always pops up on you know for justifiable hockey reasons, everyone's always like, I would refuse to go to Arizona, which is totally legit. Like they're gonna be playing in a college stadium next year that seats five thousand people. It's not a great experience. They forgot to pay their taxes, whatever. But I'm like. Yeah, but you get to live in Arizona. Right. You get to live, like, you get to live, I mean, aside from the fact that, like, you might end up with, like, a scorpion in your home or something, which is some grade A level BS nonsense. Like, you live in Phoenix. It's, you're you're there in, like, the winter, basically. So you're not even there when it's, like, 130 degrees. No one's going to pay attention to you because you're on the Coyotes. You can fill Kessel it up and just, like play hockey and then do whatever you want for the rest of the day. So I feel like I wouldn't really object to going to Arizona. Like, no, Arizona's high on my list. I love Mexican food. Like, yeah. Oh, there's so much. I love the sun. I don't like mountains. <laughs> and you know, I feel all, like Arizona's pretty flat. So yeah, pretty fair. That's pretty, pretty high fair. on my list. Um, and then, you know, obviously yeah. there's, there's the teams like, uh, you know, I have, 
connections to the Bay Area. So San Jose would be mm-hmm. high on my list. Uh, Columbus, obviously high on my list for reasons of loving both the team and the city. The annoying one mm-hmm. is Chicago, though, because I love <laughs> I love the city of Chicago so much. Maybe I can get traded to Carolina right. and then just request to play in the AHL. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I think that's a fair compromise. Yeah, because... like I'm not going to be in the NHL anyway. Maybe I could go warm the. Well, maybe I could warm the bench in the right. uh, in the Rosemont right. area. It's, it's fine. I get to live like, in Chicago it's... and I also have to play for the Blackhawks. Win win. Yeah, yeah. It's all, all. It's all gravy. I feel like Buffalo would be on mine. Like even if Buffalo were good, I've been to Buffalo. I don't need to go back. Um, <laughs> that's fair. I guess I have not been very to Buffalo. Cold. But... It's it's so cold. The team is bad. The arena is ancient. The team is bad. It's cold. Like <laughs> also Buffalo's like claim to fame is like Buffalo wings and I don't like them. And I had a traumatic experience once in the Buffalo airport. I had a layover there and they were doing construction and so literally the only restaurants that were open were places that solely served Buffalo wings. I couldn't oh, even no. have gotten like plain chicken strips or something. It was like here's our 45 different Buffalo hot sauce things. And I was like I don't want any of those it was bad buffalo does have a good like craft beer scene I, like the one time that i was there i was like i i was very excited to find like a cool like craft brewery that had like it was like apple cinnamon beer that was really good but like no i would not go to buffalo i feel like i wouldn't go to philly either um despite I feel like i have the right temperament to exist in philadelphia yeah no definitely not and like <laughs> you know, i like, like yeah. i was listening to a i'm probably going to cut this out but i was listening to a different podcast um and the one of the hosts grew up in like lived in atlantic city for a while and mm-hmm. kind of grew up in the philadelphia area and i found out that like when they when the sports teams in philadelphia win police will like put vaseline on the street lamp poles <laughs> Because otherwise, yeah. Philadelphians will People, just yeah. claim them. Yeah, they've they've got they've got attitude. Yeah, I feel like yeah, don't have the right temperament for it. Um, also, as someone who grew up on the other half of Pennsylvania, like the fact that I can even like think about the Flyers without like wishing them nothing but unhappiness <laughs> is like big big character growth for me. Um, they just happen to have gotten a few players who I have found charming over the years, but like I I wouldn't want to play there. Um, yeah, Canada would be out. Um, like, Florida which is a shame would be good. Because, yeah, Florida would be good. Like, it's like, I, I feel like I feel about like Toronto and Montreal the same way you feel about Chicago, only reverse of like, I love the city of Toronto. Like, I love Montreal. Like, I've visited both of those places and I'm like, when do I get to go back? But I do not want to play for their hockey teams in this fantasy world. I know, thank you. I wouldn't like, I'm torn about Boston because like, I'm sorry, anyone listening to the show from Boston, but I just freaking hate Boston. <laughs> I, the I thing, just get thing very... about Boston for me that I think a lot of Americans don't like about it is that it's not built in the grid system. It makes, like every I other mean, yeah, American city. Sense. And then I just yes. look at a map of like Newcastle, which yes. is the city where I grew up. And I'm like, you are like little babies. Boston is so easy oh, to, yes. to navigate. <laughs> But like, it's just every, oh, the other like, the other team on my list would have to be um Arizona, not Arizona, uh, Anaheim, because mm. I look terrible at orange. <laughs> that's that's a fair reason. Like, I'm too yeah. I'm too white for orange. It, it washes me out. 
which might explain what like because most of their players are very white Canadian boys like that might also explain why everyone hates their jerseys because yes none of them look good in orange no they've all got witchy undertones (laughs) so when Patrick Sharp went to um Dallas and looked horrible for six months still traumatic (laughs) still traumatic yeah we got way way off uh off topic here and that again is my fault but I, I, I think that's an important fact for people to know yeah I I feel like the only other one like looking through the list of teams that I would be like oh really would be St. Louis and I think that that's just like I've never been to the city of St. Louis so this is totally like unfair but it's much like the Pittsburgh-ish origin of me hates Philadelphia having lived in Chicago for like over 15 years I just despise the city of St. Louis with like my whole entire being and I don't know that I could like live there and also they slice their bagels like lengthways instead of in half like psychopaths I think that should be a crime like I'm pretty sure that is a crime in 49 states (laughs) it's actually a crime in the rest of Missouri too just not St. Louis yeah (laughs) just this one safe haven for psychopaths who like to eat slices of bagel instead of halves yeah Apologies to anyone listening to this podcast from St. Louis, but I think you might be a sociopath. Right. And if you do, please, if you are, please explain the bagel to, like, please explain. St. Louis explain, because I don't, what is, (laughs) why? What is the, like, you have the bagel to put the things on or in. Why did you slice it like that? Why did you do that? I don't know. It hurts my brain. Um, I think to close my final team that I'm conflicted on, and I feel like I'd eventually accept the trade too, if you like twisted my arm enough about it, would be Vegas. Because like they're good. So you know you'd be getting a chance there, even if you're just sitting around doing nothing. But like we also know that they screw over their players. And I'm like, I don't know that I would want to go to a team that is going to decide two months from now that they're going to trade me to like Edmonton because they lost my no trade list. <laughs> And then, like, they're just mean. Yeah, and that's kind of why I have... So I don't think I would accept a trade to Vegas because of that. And I also don't think I would accept a trade to Buffalo because Mm of how they treated Mm -hmm. Jack Eichel Mm -hmm. during his injury. And also uh, how they treated Robin Leonard when he was going through, like, his initial mental health diagnoses. Mm -hmm. And they basically were like, well, good luck out there. And, and then put he some signed dirt on the it. Islanders who were great. So I think in terms of wanting to be treated like a person, I don't know that Vegas mm-hmm. or Buffalo are the places to go. Yeah, probably not. Well, on the other hand, Vegas is a really I, great city. So yeah. Yeah. And there's just <laughs> there's just so much happening there. And less like, scorpions than Arizona, I feel like. Yes, yes, way less scorpions. Yeah, that, that's very, very crucial, is scorpions per capita. I want a low ratio of scorpions to me. Yes, yes, yes. I would prefer no scorpions. But, you know, in general, I think that's a good life strategy. No scorpions, please. Excellent. I think that that, that is the, the tagline of today's show. No scorpions, please. Um, I think we learned a lot about ourselves, listeners. I think if you're out there and you want to tell tell me 
what teams you would not want to be traded to. I would love to hear that. You can tweet them at me at Right Said Sarah or at Locked on LA Kings, which is the show's slightly more uh, saner uh, Twitter social media communication aside from my own Twitter. Uh, but I'd love to know where you don't want to end up because I think it's funny. Uh, Jay, where can folks find you and all of your exciting goings on? So you can find all of my stuff about the uh, Ontario Rain over at FPH Rain on Twitter. You can find my written work over at fieldpasshockey.com. Uh, you can find me over at uh, underscore Jacob Foster, where uh, you will find dog pictures and Star Wars opinions mixed in, uh, and also hummus recipes mixed in with Ooh. yelling about the men on knife shoes. And uh, I think that's it. Oh, and you can find Locked on Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked on Los Angeles Kings if... And again, I, I cannot stress this enough. Do not recommend caring about the Columbus Blue Jackets. But if you would like to, you can find me over at LO underscore Blue Jackets. I think that's a good life lesson. So uh, that's it for this week's edition of uh, Mini Kings Monday, where we actually did talk about some Mini Kings. Uh, Jay will be back probably next Monday as we continue to have completely absurd shows. Uh, this show, of course, is here all week long. We'll be checking in tomorrow to see what the Kings do against Seattle and uh, what the picture looks like in the latest edition of the NHL standings. That is it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you're subscribed to the show, hit the notification button so you never miss an episode and uh, just keep on listening as we continue our push to the playoffs here on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.